It's time for JT the Brick. But I'm a sports talk host. I talk about multiple topics. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Bill Foley gets what I do. And Mark Davis gets what I do. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. We're going big today. You, the Raider Nation, have an opinion. Sound off like you got a pair. I can't get you much more than that. JT the Brick. Well, let me repeat that again. The Jelly Ellis era of this team is coming to an end. We need guys who are faster, in better shape, who can attack the football. Man, I never envisioned you'd be sitting next to me as that ridiculously obnoxious, aggressive openings play. He gets what I do. Genius. We want you to win. You can help my life by winning and making my life better. We've lost that sense from a pocket of fans. You got that? I think you all get that. And now, I love it. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two on a Monday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and the Raiders mobile app. We appreciate you listening to us and streaming the show. Thank you very much for doing that as we continue with our summertime radio as we are building on radio only, the Raiders all-time team. And this is brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. What a cross-promotion. The excellence of Remy Martin, all of their activations in town, everything they do for us as a proud partner here at Raider Nation Radio as we look to build the all-time team for the Raiders. We did the offensive line. We kicked it off with that. I posted it at JT the Brick. We won starters and backups at every position. Today it's the defensive line. We're looking for four interior starters. And when you look at the four, so the starters and the backup and four edge rushers, two starters and the two backups. So you might not want to give me eight on your phone call or your tweet, but give me as many as you want. And a good day also, what I love about this promotion is to just get people talking about the Raiders all-time team because we got to do a better job in this town with Las Vegas and trying to tell these young fans and these new fans who are new Raider fans what it's all about. It's easy for the Golden Knights to do it. They've only been in business six years. They've won a cup. They went to another cup. It's easy to understand who the misfits are. It's more difficult to understand who the 11 angry men were. Who were the Raider defensive tackles in the 60s and early 70s? A lot of new Raider fans have no idea what I'm talking about. So let's help them out here if you have a choice on that front. And You know, this guy's got a lot of work to do because he's the Latino voice of the silver and black. He knows history. And, Harry, I'm sure you're getting ready to study some of these depth charts for guys who aren't even going to make the team, man. Preseason football coming up. How are you? JT, always great hanging out with you. Getting ready. I'm already on it, man. We're starting to get game notes ready. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least, look, I'm looking at it this way. They might not make the team. But I'll be able to tell some stories during preseason games of fellas that are trying to make yes. the, their way to the NFL. I'm right with you on that. And that's one of the parts of the broadcast here on the radio, and we're all a part of that, is telling stories about some of these camp battles and what's going to do. I don't do a lot of that here on the show, but we do a lot of it on the pregame and on the broadcast because a lot of people tune in. A lot of fans want to know who's going to be that next cornerback, who's going to make the roster a player who has the ability to play on special teams, and that could be the difference why they make the roster, because they're more versatile. That's a big thing you got to study. Exactly. That's something that this coaching staff loves, a guy that's mm-hmm. being able to collaborate 
um, maybe start off with the special teams and find his way into being a backup linebacker, a backup cornerback, a backup safety, somebody that gives versatility to the squad. And that's something that the Raider Nation, I'm telling people that I'm very excited about the preseason this year because I see a depth in this team that I hadn't seen in a while. And I'm excited about that. And that makes me uh, be very, very happy that we got three games coming up to be able to see these talented players in training camp. JT, the 25th, the players are in the building. So that's going to be very good for us that we're able to be there every day and for some of the fans that I know they, they, they get access to the team as well. Yeah, you're right about that. Harry Ruiz joins us, and he is the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. He sits in on this show all the time. He's got great content all around the Raider Nation. So let's talk about that a little bit because – I don't. I never get involved with the head coach on who he's going to play in the preseason. Last year, a national storylines when Josh Jacobs played in Canton, Ohio. Uh, I don't expect to see Devontae, but maybe a little bit because of Jimmy G. It's none of my business until the coach gives us the starting lineup in the preseason. But I think in order to come out of the gate and have to play at Denver and at Buffalo, some of these guys are going to have to get reps. Some of the starters are going to have to play. You cannot ask them to go into Buffalo with no preseason experience just in camp and expect them to go toe-to-toe up and down the field with the Buffalo Bills. Are you intrigued by that? Absolutely. And, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it being in week one when you actually play against his former team. We're talking about Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers out here in Vegas. And now with preseason being shrunk to only three games, you don't do the things they used to do them a couple of years ago when you had four preseason games. And even talking about defensive players like Marcus Epps, who's new into town and new into Patrick Graham's system, being able to get some reps, being able to get some snaps in front of the fans and with opposition of the maximum level there is in, in professional football, I think it would be fantastic for them. And we're not asking or wanting to have them in a full game, but I think that reps would be fantastic for these new Raider players in town. Yeah, definitely, because it seems like the second preseason game could be the most important, and then you shut everybody down for the third game or not. But the third game, which there used to be four, the third game was really important because that was the game where the starters would play through the first half. They'd be able to figure out what halftime was like and you know come out and at least uh, go with the series in the first uh, drive of the third quarter. That's not happening as much as it used to back in the day. So at some point, the starters are going to have to be out there to get some type of rhythm going before they shut it down in the preseason. And also something that we got to keep in mind, JT, is that this year, unlike previous season, where, seasons where they, you had deadline dates to start bringing down the roster size, this mm-hmm. year it's going to be 90 players, down to 53 on the day after the final preseason game. So there's going to be a lot of player evaluation and being able to see which guys stay on board. And I have a feeling that just like last year, Josh McDaniels might have a situation like with Demarcus Robinson, who came in as a wide receiver, as a free agent, and he preferred uh, letting him loose and find an opportunity elsewhere instead of just having him in camp uh, being beat out in the position by other players. And the wide receiver room, once again, very deep, a lot of options. So that could be a situation that evolves in Las Vegas. Or if somebody becomes a free agent elsewhere that you're intrigued by, 
being able to make those movements, but I love it that now they have that versatility of being able to have 90 players all the mm-hmm. way through camp, all the way through preseason, and being able to make the moves as they want it, not yeah. as the deadline tells them to do it. Great point. I like that much better. I think they've evolved with that. Makes a lot of sense. Harry Ruiz joins us. So you know I'm building on the radio the Raiders' all-time team. And I'm talking about the defensive line today. And just one big general question I want to ask you is, how do you move a modern-day guy into this conversation? Because it's Howie Long, Greg Townsend, individuals that you're aware of as a Raider fan. But then you see Max Crosby, and he's just starting his career. But I want to project him into this team as one of the all-time greats. I don't think it's too early to mention Max. I think he's gotten off to such a fast and great start with all these accolades, we should be talking about him on this all-time team on defense. Oh, 1,000%, and no disrespect to all the Raider legends, and you just mentioned a couple of names that, that are huge in the in the organization when you talk about how long is a Hall of Famer, when you talk about Greg Townsend, the leading sack uh, getter in Raiders history, and you can keep going on and on and on of so many Raider players that have left their mark. But when I see Max Crosby and I see his dedication and I see his love that he has for the organization when he had the opportunity of being able to play in Oakland, be the player with 10 sacks in the final season of the team in Oakland, now being out here in Las Vegas and being the guy that keeps evolving as a fourth rounder, as a Raider draftee, that, in my opinion, it's like we're still seeing a player grow, a player become one of the best in the league and getting respect in the NFL. And JT, I'll tell this story with you here. I had an opportunity to be with him in an event that mm-hmm. uh, he hosted at Raiders headquarters with fanatics. And I asked him, what does the rate, does the number 59 mean to you? And he hesitated a bit. And then I told him that's the ranking that you got in the NFL top 100 last year. And he told me to be honest, I didn't even focus on that. I have one goal. I want to be number one. He wants to be the best player, not only in the Raiders, he wants to be the best player in the NFL and his dedication. We're seeing it. And the way that he works, JT, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being the best player in the league. Yeah, Harry Ruiz, as we wrap it up, I would agree. I saw a list came out today. I think it was PFF, and he was ranked sixth in all time in all the pass rushers coming into this season. And, you know, we look at Nick Bosa and some of the ones they had in, in front of him, Miles Garrett, and that'll motivate him. But he really doesn't look a lot at motivation. You saw him, he was there at UFC, and my son ended up getting the fight, and we were watching it, and he's just enjoying life. I mean, he's working out, he's here, he's not a guy that disappears for a month or two. He's here in Vegas, he's in the gym, he's working out, his diet is right, his sobriety is unbelievable, he's doing a lot of work in the community. I mean, the guy just gets it. And as I look back at this all-time team that we're building here on the radio, a lot of those other guys were built in the community. They were expected to do great things, and they went on to win some gold jackets. Uh, Quickly, before we wrap this up, home run derby tonight, and your Dodgers still here in the National League are in a good spot because the Padres are six games behind the wild card. And as you know, the, uh, the Phillies are outside looking in in the wild card. They went to the World Series last year. Mookie Betts in the home run derby. Are you good with that? You don't want to jack up his swing in the home run derby and turn it into a wiffle ball uh, swing, do you? You know what, JT? That's something I'm very afraid of, which, by the way, we got to say, the National League West leading Los Angeles Dodgers at the Mm All-Star 
game break. Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Jock Peterson, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, they all represented the Dodgers in the home run derby from 2010 until now. And for some reason, it, they always came back and they, they weren't the same uh, in the second half of the year. So when Mookie announced that he was participating, I was like, mm. oh, no, he's killing it this year. He's being incredible at the back. Uh, uh, at the plate, at second base, at the at right field, wherever they put him, he's been spectacular. And now I'm honestly not very happy with it, but he's going to participate, so I'm going to be rooting for him. I hope he wins it all, but uh, I'm not very sure that yeah. I want to see him out there. It's the same situation with the all NBA dunk contest. The stars don't want to be a part of it. Um, MLB, at least they got some big names to be a part of their home run derby, but fans of those players were like, oh, no. Let's see how it goes. Hey, last one for you. There's a lot of soccer coming up at Allegiant Stadium, uh, United, uh, some of the other uh, soccer events in and around town, what you do with the lights and all that. How is Vegas coming across with Allegiant Stadium and other venues here as a soccer town? Because, man, they, it seems like the off-season teams internationally want to play from La Liga to go around to the Premiership to get a game in in Vegas, which is the hottest time of the year here in July and August, but the opportunity to play in the air condition in the brand-new venue of Allegiant. Yeah, heck, Mexico is going to play at Allegiant Stadium for the third time in less than a month. Uh, this Wednesday there in the Gold Cup semifinals, you got Barcelona coming in. You got AC Milan, who played in the UEFA Champions League semifinals a month ago. Uh, Manchester United, Borussia Dortmund, who choked the German Bundesliga in the last game of the season. They're high-quality teams that are looking at Las Vegas as a destination for them and their fans to be able to come and enjoy a very hot summer. But where in Vegas, you know that you just go into a, a, a resort, a property, and you're good. You're, you're with the AC, you're spending money, you're eating good food, you're enjoying great entertainment. Las Vegas is where it's at. Now the thing is, okay, you're able to bring those international games. You're able to be in enjoying professional soccer in downtown Las Vegas with the lights almost every weekend, but the MLS, they mm -hmm. still haven't been able to find a way to get themselves to Las Vegas, which was a favorite to get their next team, and San Diego ended up beating them out because they have Snapdragon Stadium at SDSU down there where, where Qualcomm used to be. Right. So now, now that's the next big goal. How can we get soccer to not just be a destination for Las Vegas for big games? You want to get MLS out here. That way you can end up uh, crossing MLS on the uh, big sports lingo, uh, bingo in the United States and Las Vegas. There you go. Thank you, Harry. I hope you have a great rest of the week here. We'll see you around town. There's a lot going on. And always appreciate your content. It's very good, and uh, we're proud to partner up with you here on Raider Nation Radio. Of course. I'll actually be out at Summer League from 5 to 7 broadcasting for Deportes Vegas from nice. 6 a.m. It's Hispanic Heritage Night, so thanks to Lotus for inviting me. We'll be out there on the concourse. Stop by and say what's up, Raider Nation. You got it, buddy. Take care. There's Harry Ruiz. Uh, go see him out there at Summer League. Bobby, I think we're doing our show Wednesday at Summer League. We do that. I think that's what they're telling me in the building. Albert Hall, one of the co-founders there, gave him a big Big hug when I saw him behind the scenes of Wembayana Friday night. He was running around with his head on a swivel, and it was really, really busy. You know, Jerry West, 
Kareem, Wembayana, Bill Simmons sitting courtside, others around there, and uh, he was putting it all together, threading the needle there, making it happen. 702-365-9200. I got one more interview. I want you to get in line here as we're trying to build the Raiders' all-time defensive team on the defensive line exclusively today. So he gave me about 20 to 25 names, and I'm looking for eight starters, four inside, four outside, first and second teamers. Who do you have? Who do you have between Reggie Kinlaw and Otis Sistrom? Who do you have? Do you have a modern-day guy? Do you want to get Max Crosby in this group or not? Do you think on the outside it's a lock to have Howie Long and Greg Townsend as your bookends? Who are some of the others? Tom Keating, getting a lot on Tom Keating. He's clearly going to be a one or a two. I can tell you that tomorrow. Tom Keating from the 11 Angry Men will be either the starter or the backup at defensive tackle. And most importantly, what would you like to do with names such as Richard Seymour and Warren Sapp, who really played well for the Raiders? These guys didn't come here and have a cup of coffee. They played for the Raiders. Richard Seymour mentioned the Davis family at his induction speech. He's going to go, he's a Hall of Famer as a Patriot. We know that. Sapp is a Hall of Famer as a Buccaneer. But in general, where do you have these guys and where do you rank them all time? The greatest defensive tackle in this group is clearly Warren Sapp. But he wasn't a Raider long. But he was. When I hang out with him and I see him around, and he's gone through some personal transgressions, some really bad things and bad decisions. He was at Charles Woodson's golf tournament. I played right behind him. He loves the Raiders. He really does. Loves the Raiders. Where do you put Warren Sapp? And some of the other names out there. And Reggie Kinlaw, who I'm hoping to get on the radio. Bill Pakel, Daryl Russell, who's no longer with us, along with Chester McLaughlin. uh, Two former Raiders no longer with us. And we want to get to Lyle Alzado. Lyle Alzado, Pat Toomey, and John Matuzak. So if any of those names ring a bell to you, dial the number now and get up here as we get going. 702-365-9200. I'm also on solo tonight. Solo. Again, not, I don't got four co-hosts. Me tonight, 4-7 to seven during Home Run Derby on Sirius XM. Wish me luck. <laughs> I got to come up with a lot from 4-7 to seven tonight. So my day is just getting started. I'm looking for Raider fans to give us their all-time defensive tackles and edge rushers. 702-365-9200 or just go to Twitter, at JT the Brick, and you can drop it in there. You can drop it in there and I'll read it. I don't like to read my radio show, but if it's on Twitter, we'll do it here. And even Bobby's saying we're getting some texts in. So appreciate all of that. Thank you so much. We're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. When I think of Modelo, I think of Jim Plunkett, and he'll be in our quarterback category coming up. sport of heroes. Ben Davidson has made his mark as a villain. Ben Davidson was unlike anyone in either league. I had been with three teams in three years and hadn't really uh, found a job yet and uh, Al Davis took me in and uh, put me in a black jersey and and, uh, said go out and hit people. Ben would hit the quarterback while he was getting in the car with his girlfriend after the ball game. That was not a late hit to Ben. We'd have games where we get 200 yards of penalties, and Ben would have 75 or 80 of them. Ben Davidson. How do you leave Ben Davidson off first or second team? 
We're talking about the all-time great defensive lineman in Raider history. Get on the phones and wake up here. It's not summertime without summertime radio. This is a hell of a topic. I got Hall of Famers texting me. I got uh, former Raider executives texting me. People listening, they want to hear your choices. 702-365-9200. As we bring in Mark Anderson, longtime journalist and insider here in Las Vegas. Mark, I wanted to start off with NBA Summer League, Wembanyama, the three sellouts in a row. That's remarkable to me. I got friends who wanted to go. I couldn't get my hands near a ticket instead of my credential and allotment that I had. How big of a moment was this for Summer League history here in Sin City? Yeah, it's incredible. My son wanted to go, too. <laughs> and I checked for him. The tickets were sold out, and uh, the, the secondary part, uh, price was way too high. So, yeah, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, when this thing started, I mean, I – I didn't even really know what summer league was when this thing started. What in two thousand four, whatever mm-hmm. it was, like it's like I, I I just didn't pay that much attention to it. It didn't it didn't feel like the real NBA to me. Um, I just I just never thought it would get to what it is now. And and I really went about a decade without paying that close attention to it. I, I knew I knew it was getting more and more popular, more and more teams are showing up, but I I just didn't really quite get the whole thing. But then when I started going out and covering it. And it and then they got all three teams in here. Then you could just really see why why it's such a big deal. And 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 it's and it's one of those events. The early, the better because that's when the top players play. And that's and that's where that's where you always see the the heart the the, uh, the ticket sales really go up. Yeah, Mark Anderson joins us now. Wembenyat is not going to play, but he had an unbelievable second game. I was there Friday for his debut game. The hype was real, especially standing around the court. It felt like an all-star game with celebrities who were standing there. I was looking at the crowd in the first two rows more so than who was there on the Spurs other than Wen Banyana. You made a good point. Once they made this pretty much mandatory with every team here, and then they started inviting the le- the great players to come. So Steph Curry's there. LeBron's there. Kareem was there the other night. Where It almost feels like, Mark, the way they've built it, that the legends and the great players in the league know they have to come by at some point just to see their GM, see their owner, and act like they're interested with the young players and the rookies who were there. That's what makes it so special, the amount of attendance that we're seeing. Yeah, it's it's become really basketball central. and Usually they have their NBA Board of Governors meeting. At the, the summer league. They're not doing it this year, but... Um, Adam Silver always meets the media, and he's kind of doing that today through uh, uh, Associated Press Sports Service Convention. So it's it, it's Las Vegas really has become the 31st team. And you know, I was watching the the Spurs yesterday, and when when Beyond did, did something big, I'd see like four or five Spurs players on the bench, or not on the bench, but on the in the stands, yeah, uh, uh, jump up celebrating. And those guys are as much as interested as anyone else to see him play because they're going to be playing with him. And they, they want to see what he's all about, too. So uh, it, it's really exciting to see. And, and you know, like Jerry West is there every year, and it's just remarkable. I look down, and there he's sitting right there in his usual spot. And, uh, he, I mean, he just eats up basketball. And LeBron, like you said, LeBron usually makes an appearance uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and it seems like his appearance always comes at a critical time, too. Like when uh, Lonzo Ball was, was in the summer league, he, he, LeBron mm-hmm. showed to see – see what this kid was all about and he was evaluating him right there from the beginning so mm-hmm. it seems like that's what LeBron does Mark Anderson AP sports reporter in Vegas covers the Raiders so just in general I'm doing this big topic trying to build the Raiders all-time team on the radio and we're on the defensive line where names like Howie Long Greg Townsend names you're familiar with 
And I look at where the Raiders want to go. And you're going to be embedded with the team. You're going to be there at training camp. And how important it is to get this right. Because when you bring in Tyree Wilson as the seventh pick overall, that, that's got to be right. That can't be, well, you know, we'll see what he does his first year. No, he's got to be a star in this yeah. league. And then you got Chandler Jones, who I'm excited about. I think he's going to come in lighter and better. And he was under tremendous scrutiny last year. I don't care what he listens to or not. He was getting hammered by Raider fans for not being ready to play to start the year. And then you got the great Max Crosby. But, Mark, they really got to solidify that defensive tackle position. They've drafted multiple players over the last couple of years in both Ziggler's drafts here. One of these guys got a pop and turned out to be a really good player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they as you said, they, they really worked on it. And then Tillery, I thought, did some good things mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he, and, and he really did help open up, open up that pass rush. Uh, but it's it just they, they don't have anyone you just really look at and go, wow, that's a, that guy's a difference maker. And, like yeah, with Max Crosby, and I, I I tend to agree with you about Chandler Jones. I I have a good feeling about what he's going to do this season. I just I feel like there's a there's a, a fire that's been lit under him, um, and I think you saw it really toward the end of last season. He, he really upped his level of play, and I I think that will carry over. And 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 no question, they got that that seventh pick has got to be the right one. And Mm. Especially these days, it's you know gone are the days when you you know you're, you're looking two three years down the road for guys. When you're drafting that high, you got to get the guy's got to do it now. It mm. doesn't mean he has to do it game one necessarily, but he's got to do it this season and mm. and and show that he's yeah a legitimate part of that rotation. And if he doesn't, then it's it's a miss. And um, but yeah, it, it's we'll know we'll know by probably November whether that was the right pick or not. Yeah, absolutely. Last one, they introduced the sphere. On the 4th of July with some 4th of July fireworks on the outside of the dome of that. And then basketballs for Summer League and the NBA Cup and all that that we were able to see there overall. I like it because I live here, but I, I think they kind of went too early. I thought they were going to hold a lot of this back before you 2 and the residency. What are you hearing? I know you got a lot of friends all over the country. Are they asking you about the sphere and everything they're seeing on the news? No, I can't really say that, but I, I've noticed on social media mm-hmm. it's 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 become a big deal uh, throughout the world, uh, throughout the country where people nationally have, have, have taken notice. I haven't had any friends or family ask me about it, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's I did I didn't expect. I mean, I remember when they were talking about building this thing. I was like, well, what is that? Why do we Why do we need another concert? <laughs> in here? I didn't I didn't quite understand it, but mm-hmm. now I now I see why why they're doing it, and and it's you know I'm telling you, T-Mobile. Uh, with that and what's going on south of the strip, mm-hmm. the T-Mobile is going to be in some serious competition for concerts. And so, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going there one day because it's supposed to be inside the acoustics. are supposed to be out of this world, and that's you know that's one of my that's been a long time gripe of my when I go to the concert is depending on where you're sitting. Sometimes it's just kind of sure. hard to make out exactly you know you know the music. You can't really hear the singer or the music's just muffled or whatever. Apparently, with this new venue, that's not going to be the case. Absolutely. I'll talk to you. I'll see you heading into training camp. Thanks for the time. Now, thanks for having me on, JT. Take care. Yeah, Mark Anderson, premier journalist in this town. Now for AP, and he covers the Raiders there. Well, now, real quick, before we get out to the phones again, we're looking for your Raiders defensive line, 702-365-9200. I went to dinner. I went to one of my best friends in town, college roommate. He's staying at my house for a couple of days, and we went – to one steakhouse at Virgin for dinner, and we sat next to a gentleman who was involved with the Sphere. And he showed us some... We were just talking about what's going on inside that place. Let me tell you, 
And I've, I got another buddy who's working at the Minisphere in Burbank where they're doing all their test runs for Vegas. And both of these gentlemen said, when you see a concert at this place, and it's going to be expensive to go, no doubt, not going to be cheap. But when you go to a concert there and then you go to another venue to see a concert, you're going to be really disappointed at that concert that you go to next. So it's going to be, you know, look, sometimes I go to a movie, there's a great movies coming out, Oppenheimer. I just tweeted out, did you see the trailer for Napoleon? Oh, my God, it looks incredible. So there's a lot of movies coming out. And if you want to go see a movie in a certain theater that's really expensive and you got just a different type of experience, that's one thing. But when you go to the Sphere and see a concert, if you 2 plays at the Sphere, they're not going to play at T-Mobile. They're never going to play anywhere else other than the Sphere because it's going to be perfect. And a lot of other artists are going to say, how can I get in the Sphere and play? I want to play in there because everybody's telling me what it looks like. This is a huge, absolutely monstrosity added to this. Buddy comes into town. He says, what's new? I said, wait, what's new? Have you been to Circa? No. Have you been to Resorts World? No. The Sphere? No. I mean, come on. If you haven't been in Vegas in the last three or four years, you haven't been to Allegiant Stadium, The Sphere, Circa, and Resorts World, and Fountain Blue's about to open. I mean, what's going on out here? Raider Man checking in. All-time Raiders defense, defensive tackles, edge rushers. Who do you have, my friend? What's going on, JT? And what's going on, Radio America? I had to tap in, man, because, you know, in the Raider Oath, I got that one line that says, remember the twos. And that will be my pick. I mean, there's a myriad of great guys that we can all list them up and down, you know, from those that deserve it most to, you know, those that just remember most. But the twos for me, he represents the man who won't be thrown away. You know, I'm mm-hmm. fighting through that right now because it's life on life terms for me. But in the midst of all this, I think back to players like that. You know, this guy was the number one overall draft pick in 1973. I got here January 1st that year. You know, so watching him growing up, that was at the that point in the, as a kid where you start to kind of recognize players and all the rest of that kind of stuff. You know, I know Houston drafted him. He rolled through uh, it's Houston Oilers. I think he even had mm-hmm. a stint with the Texans. They used to be in existence. Crossover to Kansas City. Uh, stint with Washington, and then he ended up under King Al in Los, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And this guy ended up being a two-time Super Bowl champion. So it's just like for me, you know, when you're kind of holding out hope and you want people to think about you, you know, you, you want to be remembered for certain things. Tools wasn't only, even a, uh, wasn't only a football player, but he ended up in some of my all-time favorite movies, and, you know, including <laughs> The Goonies, which he was, uh, I think his name was Sloth. You know, mm-hmm. yep. love chunk. I, I never forget lines like that. But, you know, players like that, you've got to keep it on the epitaph, man, because Tools, he gave us identity. He gave us everything he had. He's kind of that ilk of a, a Lyle Alzado. Uh, but players mm-hmm. like that, man, I just want to pay homage to those that, you know, people try to throw away but just won't let them. And shouts out again. I know you're doing defensive line. Shouts out to Bear Robbins. I've been praying for that brother all weekend. I just want to know mm-hmm. somebody love him. I hope you get to hear this. I'll talk to you, JT. Thank, Thank you, Raider, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for participating. Get everybody else in the black hole and all the diehard Raider fans who are calling in on the show. You know, I'm getting about five or six regulars a day. I want to get some new-time Raider fans to call in. This isn't just for the Mount Rushmore Raider fans of history. You know, I talked to Raider Mort. He doesn't call anymore. But Raider Mort, I talk to in the morning. He's a friend. I put him on speakerphone, and I take notes. And Raider Man's go. I mean, uh, Raider Mort today. Where's my notes here from this morning? Yeah, Raider Mort. I had to go. Raider Mort, tell me about Ike Lassiter, Tony Klein, Horace Jones, 
Dan Birdwell, you know, Colt Notes. I mean, guys like this I didn't see play. But I've been fortunate to see some of them. Some of them are no longer with us today. So I got to count on guys like Raider Mort to say, hey, I saw this guy play. He did this. He did that. Raider Mort, a big believer in Ben Davidson. Oh, my God. He said that Ben Davidson left the tunnel to come out there and put fear in the other quarterback. We need that around here now. We need that now. What are you, only fearful playing for the Raiders in the 60s, 70s, 80s? I got Max Crosby now. Tyree Wilson. I need some guys who are going to get on the field for the Raiders in 2023 and put the fear of God in the other team. That's the difference between this all-time team and what Dave Ziegler's trying to reconstruct. Give Dave Ziegler credit. He's trying to bring in hybrids. He's trying to buy, bring in guys who can get to the quarterback. Dave tells me, disruptors. It's, an all, it's a new era of football. You don't get guys who play all three downs. And the Raiders are trying to evolve to get a guy on third down. What are you going to do with Nate Hobbs? Is he in their second and third down? Or can he play all three downs? How, how much can Spillane play? Epps isn't going to come off the field. Marcus Epps played 17 games for the Eagles and started in the Super Bowl. His ass ain't coming off of the field. We need him. Who are the Raiders since Khalil Mack? Since Khalil Mack to put the fear of God in another team where they came out of the tunnel and said, uh-oh, uh-oh, where's Mack? It's Max Crosby. That's it. So if you're going to get these hybrid guys and they're only going to play 40% of the snaps, they better be good. If you're going to take a defensive tackle from Alabama, that guy better play. He's got to play. If you're going to get a cornerback you know, or a safety or a player from Georgia or Florida and they're going to come in here and be a hybrid, amen. I don't care how much they play. But when they get out on the field, they got to be explosive. Everybody's talking about Divine Diablo. He makes all these improvements. Okay, I'll buy into Divine Diablo. Traditionally, I don't. But I'll buy in this year to Divine Diablo. Is he going to wear the green dot? Is he going to make plays? Is he going to get behind the line of scrimmage? Is he going to knock down a ball that comes across the middle of the field? Just knock it down. You don't have to intercept it. Who are the players coming forward that will dive into a training camp who can be those impactful players? I don't know. I'm, we're going to be around, and i got a, a big responsibility in training camp this year. And i got to get in there, and i got to roll up my sleeves and look at it. Problem is, in practice, you look at a couple of players, you're on the distant side, then practice is closed to the media. We don't know. We, we, like we can tell you, Vic Tafer, uh, Paul G., these guys, Deshaun Vinny will tell you who's showing up, who's out there or not. But we're not going to know what they're doing in film rooms and all that. We're going to wait until we see them play. And we don't know if we're going to see much of them in the preseason. But we will in the dual practices when they have to play another team and go toe-to-toe with the Niners and Rams and have to do that. We'll get a good understanding. But these names, which I'll go through some of them when we come back on the other side, the reason why the Raiders have a proud history that we will not forget is because they had the greatest players to play for a certain period of time. Not forever. Not forever. But for a certain period of time during multiple eras, the Raiders had the best players in football. And they should have won more. We talked about Ben Davidson. We talked about Tom Keating. When we go back to the AFL, Reggie Kinlaw. The Raiders should have won three or four additional Super Bowls. Not games, championship games, Super Bowls. They got three. They should have had conservatively six or seven. They don't. 
because they played in a tougher era with some of the toughest competition in the 70s. You lose to the Jets in Kansas City, and you're better than the Jets in Kansas City in championship games. They both go on and win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl three and four. Raiders played in Super Bowl two, lost. They should have won three and four. They had to wait till eleven to win Super Bowl eleven. They could have started knocking it down at Super Bowl three and four. And those players were paying tribute to today. Uh, last call to get in on this before we start it up again tomorrow. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Uh, Give me your list. Man, I got a new list that just came in from one of our listeners. Man, whoa, his top five then goes out to top ten. We'll go through that. I think it's pretty accurate with what I got, and we definitely want to see what you think is the next move for the Raiders. And would you put, because we're going to get to the linebackers and we're staying with defensive line today, would you put Khalil Mack ahead of Max Crosby today? Woo! Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Who would you put today? More impactful today, not two years from now, Mad Max or Khalil Mack? Two great Raiders. Two great Raiders that we hear. One still playing here in Mad Max when we come back. Good day today. Check me out on Mad Dog Sports Radio 4-7. to seven. Don't watch the home, home Run Derby tonight. It's just no Bryce Harper, no Aaron Judge. No Josh Hamilton-type player. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm wrong enough. But I I think this is a home run derby that's not going to have a lot of juice to it as we wrap it up here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. say I epitomize the Raiders uh, and then you say the Raiders aren't very well liked, I guess you're trying to say is that the Raiders as well as uh, John Matuzak have always been uh, controversial. John Matuzak on John Matuzak. Very, very, very controversial figure. In Raider history, but a multiple Super Bowl champ. And what I'm noticing as we're trying to build this Raiders radio all-time team, we already did the offensive line. If you missed that, you can find it at JT the Brick. We have it up here today. Defensive line uh, partway through the show tomorrow. Defensive line. And then we'll come in tomorrow with all of our you know votes that people are coming in on via Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll name the first team and the second team and a couple of honorable mentions. This will probably be the toughest honorable mention list that I have. I really do. I think this is going to be when you go the eight guys, the starters and the backup, four and four. When I get out to 9, 10, 11, 12, the honorable mentions, I'm all over the place and I'm confused. And I hope it doesn't sound confusing on the radio. I'm trying to make this simple. Cisco uh, comes in and says, here's my top Raiders as he went out to number 10. Number 10, Otis Sistrunk. This is defense. Nine, Scott Davis. Number eight, Crosby slash Mack. Okay. Number seven, Sap. Number six, Daryl Russell. Rest in peace. His top five, twos. Sam Adams. Big Ben Davidson. Number two, Howie Long. Number one, Greg Townsend. Very strong. Very strong there. As we take a look at some of the names that are coming in and uh, everybody participating here as we look through this 
and try to get a vibe for some of the names that are here, uh, some of the names that we got to make sure we improve on and talk more about as we dive into this group. Consideration has a lot to do with it. Um, Sacks weren't official until 1982, but Lasseter led the AFL with 17 in 1967. Lasseter, Townsend, Howie, and Seymour would be a fine defensive line from an insider. I know Sapp is a controversial name among the nation, but he played his ass off for the Raiders. I'd put him in consideration for the second team. He was solid. This comes from someone who does not want his name to be known, but has juice. Okay. So, uh, and uh, my conversation more with Phil Villapiano. Hopefully we get him on as we wrap this up. So what do we got tonight? Tonight we have Home Run Derby. As we look at Home Run Derby, I, I used to love Home Run Derby. I really did. I thought Home Run Derby was just incredible uh, back in the day because you didn't know much about it. Now it's very predictable. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people are going to tune in for Pete Alonso, who's won it a couple times. But it just this is the year that it doesn't feel like it has the juice. Seattle, we'll see what happens in the All-Star break. Do you hear what happened to Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball, who's trying to help move the A's to Las Vegas, which some people appreciate? I understand that. Listen to the greeting he got at the MLB draft. Rob Manford takes the stage for the first time tonight. Good evening. On behalf of Major League Baseball, Welcome to the 2023 draft. This All-Star Week is already off to an incredible start. Yeah, he is a disaster. He's an absolute disaster now. We've all heard commissioners get booed. I mean, Roger Goodell does it at the draft. Come on, let me hear louder ones. But this is unbelievable. And then he couldn't even get a Grand Canyon University right here. He mentioned... Grand Union. Listen to this debacle. With the sixth pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Oakland Athletics select Jacob Wilson, a shortstop from Grand Union University. The team he's trying to bring to Vegas, he gets the school wrong. How does that happen? How is that possibly going to happen there? And again, I think he's in over his skis, very nervous as a public speaker there. The fans were all over him. And now here's the crowd, the crowd in attendance when it comes to Oakland, considering those great fans in Oakland about to lose their team. So that's with John Fisher as the fans who were there trying to tell him to sell the team, which, as I said on this broadcast, you know, I'm a sports talk host. We're supposed to have some really strong opinions on people. If I never met you, if I don't know you, I'll wait till I meet you. I hope people treat me the same way. But a lot of people want John Fisher to sell the team, and I don't think he can because relocation and coming here. But if he eventually sells the team, I think the A's will have a chance. I think the A's will look around, and if Dave Cavill's gone, and John Fisher's gone, and there's new ownership, I think that more and more people could get on this bandwagon going forward. Uh, one more from Victor Wembayana, 
when it comes to what's going on with Summer League here. He, he just destroyed it last night. What a monster game. One Bongana had, so he's feeling pretty good because he put on a big show. I think the best show for, for the fans is the, is the win. Obviously, it's just Summer League, but um, yeah, I think, I think they, can see, they can see us developing. They, they, could, they could see us developing tonight, getting better. And so, yeah, it's, I think we, yeah, we gave them a good show. Yeah, they put on a good show. The number one story in sports today, number one, not home run derby, but Larry Nasser was stabbed multiple times in federal prison. The disgraced sports doctor who was convicted of sexually abusing female gymnasts was stabbed during an altercation with another incarcerated person at the U.S. penitentiary Coleman in Florida, which is highly secured. And a source who first learned about the attack on Sunday evening confirmed Nasser was taken to the hospital after suffering multiple stab wounds. So this is a number one trending story at ESPN.com. Uh, just covering that up here and giving that to you here as we get ready for what should be an interesting night. Interesting night in baseball. A lot of disappointing teams in Major League Baseball coming through the first half of the season. Uh, my Yankees look dead to me. They look unbelievably bad. Terrible. Padres and the Mets underachieving there. Otani will be the story, but I was at the game where he, his fingernail didn't go right for him, so he won't pitch in this all-star game, which is kind of disappointing here. And a lot of other storylines we're going to get to tomorrow. So tomorrow the show goes this way. We'll open it up first 45 minutes, hour of the show. We'll take final votes, if you want to call it, or opinions on the Raiders' all-time defensive line, uh, defensive tackles interior, and edge rushes on the outside. Then we'll crown... The, the eight who will do it, and uh, we'll have also our honorable mentions thrown in there, and then we'll move on Wednesday to linebackers. Wednesday we'll get to the linebackers, which that was my choice to go from defense, now defense back. Then we'll go to running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks, and then we'll wrap it up. And I don't know how long that's going to take. I'm hoping it's less than two weeks so we can get you ready for camp. But as Bobby reminded me, we have a lot of time to fill. A lot of time to fill in Vegas, and it's hot. So a little summertime radio. Thanks to all of our proud partners. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Mark Anderson, Harry Ruiz, Q is up next. He always has a big show for you as we count down to training camp. Have a great day, everybody. Again, Sirius XM, Mad Dog 82, 4 to 7 p.m. tonight if you're on the satellite world.